0: Well, good morning. Thank you again for joining us for our table of experts bridging the workforce gap. Um, The U.S. Census Bureau published its 2015 numbers last week. Uh, It shows a variety of mid to larger cities like Columbus are growing at a clip not seen in quite some time. Uh, Obviously great news um, but how do we sustain that? So, Bill Lafayette, I'm I'm gonna start with you. Could you please introduce yourself and tell us about your organization?
1: I'm Bill Lafayette, I own uh, Regionomics, which is a uh, consulting firm based here in Columbus. I uh, work in a variety of areas in addition to workforce. Um, I uh, do economic analysis and forecasting, I do workforce projections, I do uh, fiscal analysis for local governments, I do uh, uh, strategic workforce development, and projections. Okay, thank you, Cheryl from Jobs Ohio. Could you tell us about yourself and tell us
0: about Jobs Ohio?
2: Sure.
3: So I want to thank you for having me here this morning. Um, so I am the director for Project Talent Acquisition at Jobs Ohio. And Jobs Ohio is the state's private nonprofit charged with economic development for the state. So we work with businesses that are looking uh, for a home, and hopefully in the state of Ohio, and then looking uh, to help our businesses currently in the state with their expansion plans. Um, and so, a lot of my job uh, focuses on the talent equation for both both of those things.
0: Terrific. And Mark Burnbrick from the Ohio Department of Jobs and Family Services.
4: Yes, uh, thank you, um, Mark Burnbrick. And I'm also at the Governor's Office of Workforce Transformation. Um, <clears throat> I really am the project director for Ohio Means Jobs, um, but and then I work with the Governor's Office uh, trying to bridge that gap of bringing education and how we come up with some solutions to. Um, bring the talent together with businesses and how we uh, look at some programs and figure out how we're going to do that. Great.
0: Archie Williamson with the Central Ohio Workforce Investment Program. Yes,
5: I'm Archie Williamson with uh, COIC, uh, Central Ohio Workforce Investment Corporation. Been around for about 13 years. We've helped over 100,000 job seekers uh, during that period of time. We've been rebranded and we are now Ohio Means Jobs Franklin County.
0: Appreciate you having us absolutely and Vicki maple from Central Ohio Technical College
2: yes uh, thanks for having us and again I'm Vicki maple I'm the director of the Workforce Development Innovation Center at Central Ohio Technical College where I might add we're uh, celebrating our 45th anniversary
0: congratulations thank you so we do a number of roundtables and forums and group discussions and invariably uh, the, the topic of workforce comes up when you talk to small business owners or even medium-sized business owners. uh, Workforce is definitely an issue. So again, going back to you, Bill, let's start with um, the the roundtable is entitled Bridging the Workforce Gap. Um, Can you set the stage for us on the current state of the workforce in central Ohio and how are we doing as a region
1: uh, and what gaps need to be addressed? Well, we have by far the uh, fastest employment growth in uh, the Midwest and certainly far above the national average. We have uh, more than 49,000 people that we know about in Central Ohio who are um, unemployed, but if you take a broader cut, if you look at uh, people who are discouraged, who only occasionally look for work, uh, who are working part-time because they can't find full-time work. You take the national uh, averages and you bring them down to central Ohio, that could mean another 65,000 people who are uh, in that bucket. Meanwhile, we have almost 42,000 unfilled job postings in Central Ohio. So, we have more than enough people to fill all those vacant jobs. So, what's at the core of that issue if you could set the stage for today's discussion? Well, what we've got, I think, is a mismatch between the skills that employers need to have and uh the skills that employees offer. I've done a number of projects um, around the state where I've uh, helped, um, for example, the regional campuses of Ohio University understand the workforce needs surrounding each of their five campuses. And as part of those projects, I talk to a lot of employers. And employers tell me invariably that, uh, that that while technical skills are sometimes lacking, it's the soft skills that are really, really important and especially lacking. Uh, these soft skills have always been emphasized, but they're emphasized more now than they used to be, I think. Um, people tell me that they're looking for communication and writing skills regardless of the industry. Uh, they 're looking for critical thinking they 're looking for the ability to recognize uh, developing problems and solve them in other words uh, initiative uh, teamwork and leadership skills. Um, a manufacturer in southeastern Ohio told me that uh, um, that he was wanting people to work on the line who came in the door with at least the potential of developing leadership because manufacturing in general and his manufacturing operation in particular emphasizes a lot of teamwork and he wants people who can lead those teams computer and technology skills uh, often need to be better than they are and so it goes Mark, what, what's the state doing to
0: close the skills gap and help businesses find skilled workers?
1: Well, I, I think, as um,
4: <clears throat> as Bill said, that you know, that a lot of this is identifying those issues and trying to figure out what programs uh, we can put around that. I think we've done a few things. One, we've done some industry workforce alliances around the state, one in each of the jobs Ohio regions, where we are bringing together those businesses and education to sit around the table and say we need the chat you know in some sense that it's not just let them go get their current curriculum and what they're doing and how they're getting that um, education but what are those soft skills what are those <laughs> other things that we need to bring to the table so we have some very exciting um, regional things going on where they're they're trying to talk about the talent the needs identify solutions around those things and then figure out what it from a curriculum standpoint what can we change to at least start producing the talent that that region or those employers are looking for um, with that. You know, there, there's programs from logistics to manufacturing to healthcare. All of those uh, things are being identified um, through these sort of regional workforce alliances. We've also done, um, uh, we did it two years ago, but we, we sent out a forecaster. We have an in-demand list in the state of Ohio now where what we tried to do was say if we're going to attack a skills gap, let's first identify where our in-demand jobs are for Ohio. Um, And since there's, I don't know, over 800 occupational titles (laughs) and and not get into all that, but um, but what we wanted to do is if we're going to target, let's really figure out what we can sort of identify, figure out those gaps. Um, So the state embarked on taking some labor market information. We took four years' worth of electronic job postings to see what employers are really posting electronically and all that. Um, as well as did a forecast to employers and said, "Tell us what your needs are one year, three, year, five years out. Give us just your top three jobs you know that you 're really trying to focus in on. We took all of that data, worked through it, analyzed it, actually came up with, and we have our in demand list now on Ohio means jobs of two hundred and ten occupations so that 's our demand side now we know those are the ones those are We looked at sustainable wage, so it had to have a good wage. It's not just about there's, you know, millions openings for minimum wage. It had to be a a sustainable wage for someone of of growth in that. The occupation also had to have growth potential. It it couldn't be an occupation that's in the decline in Ohio. So it is an occupation that is growing, as well as we had to make sure that there's openings that there were openings a lot of openings for that because it could have growth but if the growth is two and there's only five openings today that's not necessarily in demand if there's only seven opportunities so you put all that together you got our 210 occupations that we're saying is in demand in Ohio now we're embarking and working with the Department of Higher Ed and we're trying to get that supply side of that equation and starting to figure out okay if we say here's the the demand for what employers are asking What's our supply? What do we actually bring into the talent and that? I know Cheryl uh, worked on that project before she went to Jobs <laughs> Ohio, and we had a lot of um, work on that. We're still um, <clears throat> trying to make progress on that of where we're headed, identifying all those needs uh, from that. We've also embarked on one other sort of initiative, um, a skills-based hiring initiative. Um, what we're trying to do, is, as Bill sort of pointed out, you know, employers are saying that's great, you got this technical, but what other skills do you have around those things? And what we're trying to sort of do with some employers is trying to understand maybe Mark has this math skill but didn't go get this certificate or didn't go to school to get this. But he actually scores extremely high on math and reading and communications, all of these other sort of scores and assessments that you can do with individuals and say, you know, Mark may have the aptitude to actually do extremely well in your organization but didn't have that piece of paper or something, you know, from that. Are you, as an employer, starting to expand to sort of find other talent that you may never have thought of that now you can think about looking at? And so we have all these projects, and, and you know they're all in their emphases of you know bringing that data together, but some really exciting data starting to come out of uh, where we're headed with these.
0: Great, and, and Cheryl, what, what role <coughs> does Jobs Ohio have in what Mark was just talking about?
3: So, uh, Jobs Ohio is embarking first off on a on a strategy around talent acquisition. So, in the economic development space, um, it's starting to become very competitive as to as it relates to what states are supplying. Two businesses related to getting them that first level of talent for a new operation or an expansion that they're doing. So uh, it's often resulting in uh, no cost, customized type services that are being developed for these businesses. So Jobs Ohio has been benchmarking Alabama, Georgia, uh, North Carolina, Uh, Louisiana and some other states who employers actually, when we talk with them, are bringing those states up in a conversation and saying, look at what they're doing. Why isn't Ohio in this space? Um, And so Jobs Ohio is rolling out a talent acquisition strategy that we will work with businesses that are adding new jobs to the state of Ohio to do everything from advertising their jobs to sourcing talent for them to providing pre-screening services for them with their talent, and then uh, providing education and training for them with that talent. And we're doing all that using the state's resources, so we're not building a a unit of people that's going to deliver that. We will have some staff uh, across the state of Ohio, but we'll mainly be partnering with the region's local resources to deliver all of those things to a business and in doing that work we've been working as mark said a lot on supply demand with jobs and family services and the governor's office of workforce transformation and department of higher ed and so, in that work, Jobs Ohio has identified 18 occupations that come up most often in an expansion or attraction discussion with a business. And of those occupations, <coughs> um, looking at the supply side right now, we have about eight that we know are undersupplied: um, CNC machinists. Uh, we're looking at uh, a computer or a computer systems analyst, network computer system as administrators, tool and die makers. And so what we're doing, to Mark's point, is now that we see these numbers and that we have lower supplies, we're going to be working in each region to talk with regional partners like COTC and and others uh, related to how can we build this pipeline up for these businesses and ensure there are workers there ahead of the need versus waiting until we have a business project and then we're not really able to define how we're going to provide them that workforce.
0: And, and Vicky, what, what exactly is the Workforce Development Innovation Center and how does it complement uh, the traditional technical training available at Central Ohio Technical College and how does it relate to what Cheryl was just talking about?
2: Oh, absolutely. I, I think we're definitely singing from the, the same page of music there. You know, at Central Ohio Technical College, naturally, um, we are obviously, you know, recruiting and training for those in-demand occupations that, that Mark and, and Cheryl just referenced. And as far as the uh, workforce development innovation center at COTC, we're really positioning ourselves to to serve as that solution strategy center that that, that Cheryl was referencing. Um, you know that 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 means developing those programs and courses that that provide the the innovative solutions specific to those those business and industry challenges. And you know our focus really is on the workforce, whether it be the currently employed, the underemployed. Um, those who are, are gainfully employed or looking to become more gainfully employed and then helping them really to develop those skills that knowledge base those those abilities that they need to succeed and um, in, in doing so we actually design customized uh, contract training that, that ranges everything from technical skill enhancement and, and safety certification to those soft skill developments that, that uh, Bill was mentioning and to professional designation exam prep and uh you know in tandem with our our academic uh, affairs department, we're also reviewing prior learning and prior experience prior training portfolios um, coupling that with with prior or, or current active work experience for potential college credit as an option for those stackable certificates that that may lead to degree completion a little more quickly um, and so really the, the the compliment that that you asked about Nick was uh, you know to to technical training to traditional technical training really is steeped in in our commitment um, and our charge to improve the skills of the workforce uh, really helping to grow economic development in Ohio understanding that bridge between academics economic development and workforce development um, and then providing that competitive edge that the, the, the workforce needs and then furthering the mission of COTC, um, you know, which is that of, of meeting the technical education and training needs of students and employers in the area.
0: Great. And, and Archie, what is the Workforce Innovation and Opportunity Act? And can, can you talk about that and its, uh, what, what impact it has? Yes yeah,
5: so uh, we have strives to uh, serve job seekers by focusing on addressing employment barriers specific and specific uh, skill gaps. Uh, it is improving the system and delivery of services by doing some of the following uh, functions. It streamlines workforce efforts by improving efficiency by coordinating the funds and resources of each program to serve the needs of job seekers. Uh, looks at the labor market information to inform decisions and strategy. Connects with skills development and prepares workers for the needs of the employers. And because all these programs are now coordinated under the aegis of the job center, job seekers can take advantage of all resources that will assist them in finding employment. Uh, Also the workforce board, it helps the workforce board strategically make alliances and partnerships to deliver the services that are meaningful to the businesses within the local and regional areas.
0: So what do we do as a community to to ensure that law is successful?
5: Largely, we need to align between alignment between workforce and education and economic development to include a greater partnership with businesses, educational institutions and human services, and also planning that takes into account the local and regional economies of scale to produce workforce that meets employers' evolving needs
0: and, and bill from from your standpoint what what role do the educational institutions play in this
1: well the uh... The educational institutions are, of course, crucial because the um, the pipeline of talent comes through the educational institutions, and so it's vitally important that all institutions, be they K through twelve, be they higher education, be they uh, technical training providers, have to understand. Uh, not only the uh, needs of specific jobs and train for those needs, but also understand whether those jobs are really in demand in the area and ensure that their focus remains on the jobs that uh, are really, really needed. Uh, So uh, uh, there has to be a huge uh, connection between educational institutions and workforce development and between educational institutions and economic development and between workforce development and economic development. Mm-hmm. I taught a, uh, a doctoral seminar in workforce development at Ohio State uh, eight or nine years ago and we spent three solid weeks talking about economic development and these uh, these folks had never uh, really encountered the, the needs and goals of economic development. Those two entities need to be working hand in glove, and very often they don't, which is what's so exciting about what, what uh, you all are doing. Uh, you're really uh, bridging that gap, very, very important. Vicky, you're
0: in violent agreement, so tell us about your experience. I
2: am, I am. I, I'm definitely a cheerleader for for everything Bill's saying here. You know, I often say that I have the best job on campus, um, because I am passionate about workforce development, and economic development and, and about bridging, you know, academics and, and, and training with, with industry needs and workforce demands. And um, as the Director of the the Workforce Development <laughs> Innovation Center, I have that opportunity to engage the, the the leaders in in manufacturing and business daily, really gauging their um, their workforce development and training needs most often at their sites, which is you know fascinating in and of itself. But then we also like to to invite them in for familiarization uh, visits to the COTC campus. Uh, with extensive tours of the engineering technology information labs and classrooms and for that conversation with our students um, it's critical that that they understand each other mm-hmm. and um, carving out the time to do that and the engagement to do that is is what is um, really i think creating some success and some movement uh, right now and so if you um, allow me to even get a little more specific when it comes to our, our targeted um, training and education to, to meet those demands of, of manufacturing and information technology positions specifically, um, you know, I, I, actually I'm going to, to interject there because in addition to serving those those populations and those workforce industries specifically, you know we are also identifying and training and developing a number of folks in in the emergency medical professions uh, it you know the first responders, heavy equipment operators um, and those other in demand jobs that that Mark was referencing that require technical skill development and training and that understanding of what is my place in the workforce and what is my place and how am I impacting the economy, you know, locally, regionally, and nationally, and, and in many cases, globally. Um, so as we pursue that active role, uh, you know, in workforce retention and development, as we successfully um, accomplish our charge to meet the, that, that technical education need, we really are championing, championing um, initiatives throughout Central Ohio to, to foster those those cross-organizational um, partnerships and collaborations um, all the while, you really positively trending upward with traditional student enrollment, which is, of course, um, you know, a challenge in and of itself as an institution. Um, and you know, two—I I wanted to mention, if I could, two of the um, our, two of our collaborative industry alliances. Um, one is with an organization called Workonomics, and mm-hmm. the other is an initiative called Project Prepare. And uh, each of those are. Um, Actually organized through the, the Licking County Chamber of Commerce and through grow Licking County our economic development arm and um, each of course are, are represented through the Workforce Development Innovation Center at COTC and just to to expand a little bit upon what is workonomics we basically are our cooperative effort to support and coordinate that private And uh, public sector, those economic and workforce development sectors in Central Ohio, with a team of leaders who are committed to this, to to offering that that wide variety of workforce data and to and training programs to meet those those labor force needs, and collectively, um, as a team, we're focused on improving the economic well-being of the state of Ohio through. Through identifying the the job retention, the, the tax base expansion, maintaining exceptional quality of life. So as we look at that and 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 how to advance the missions of both, workonomics and COTC, um, you know really the demand for for workforce development and training has increased significantly. Um, you know, leaving us in a position to create solutions for those those commonly identified workforce needs and challenges, filling that pipeline and, and, and keeping it filled that that 's critical too with the skilled labor to address the the needs that skills gap um, during this point in time, which we know or or that we have coined as the the graying you know, workforce in a rebounding economy. It's a position I think we're all finding ourselves in, um, as, as, as Bill strokes his gray beard there. Um, now, I also mentioned Project Prepare, and this, too, uh, is a Licking County project, and it, it's a two-phase initiative development to encourage interest specifically in the skilled trades um, and and in manufacturing even more specifically among all age groups from high school students to to employed adults who who may be underemployed or looking for for a a transition. Um, Fairly a new, new initiative, just about a year old and phase one focuses on those high school students and their parents, their parents as well. About the rewarding opportunities that that careers in STEM related fields um, can have. You know, one of the greatest challenges that, that I think we're all facing industry and education specific is attracting entrance into the skilled trades because of the negative connotations um, you know that have traditionally surrounded them and and, and by reaching these students at, at, at such a pivotal point and, and an important transitional stage in their lives it really creates the opportunity to be part of that conversation and and to change the narrative that that I think has has stunted interest in um, those career options and it's really i think as i wrap this up um i think it's helping us to demonstrate that 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 new face that new face of manufacturing and engineering technologies as as financially and as intellectually gratifying careers mark Look, there,
1: there there are a couple things that uh, i couple directions i could go with with what mm-hmm. you're saying it's very very exciting but uh the one thing that I want to emphasize that's so critically important, and we really haven't talked about it yet, is that we need to be engaged not only with uh, prospective employers but current employers. Over mm-hmm. the last twenty years, more than eighty percent of all jobs created in Ohio were created by companies who were already in place, and so uh, if if. We attract a 500-person employer to town. It's front-page news in your newspaper. But the, the point is that in a million-job economy, even with the indirect jobs, we're talking about a drop in the bucket. It's the existing employers, the forty or 50,000 existing employers in the area who are adding jobs maybe <coughs> five or ten at a time. That's what's really causing the growth that we've been seeing in the central Ohio economy.
0: Cheryl, you're nodding.
3: <laughs> well, you know, Bill's absolutely right. I mean, um, I, you know, our current businesses are, are also struggling to find the talent that they need. And, it's, and it is around a lot of the skill sets Bill talked about earlier. It's it, technical skills we seem to have down really well. But all these things that, you know, I refer to more as 21st century skills, soft skills, I, I tend to think of be at work on time and this is how you need to dress at work. And But I think that 21st century starts to build that leadership pipeline that Bill referenced uh, about problem solving and teaming. Um, and so, you know, many of our businesses um, that are currently in the state have decided they're not going to sit around and wait on government or education or anyone else to figure this out for them. And so if you look at the insurance sector, um, they, their CEOs got together and decided to come up with a strategy on how did they build a talent pipeline for themselves. Um, and they started with looking at labor market data. Uh, Bill was involved in, in doing that analysis for them. They're gonna need 26,000 people. Um, when you look at the baby boomers retiring and their growth needs. Um, and so they started working with education. Uh, they did not have insurance specific programs. Um, And their chair for their council, uh, Dave Kaufman, who is president of Motors Insurance, um, they started identifying both baccalaureate associate degree and certificate programs to begin across the state of Ohio to feed the industry. Columbus State Community College has just started a certificate program um, which is a new strategy for that industry so not only did they get together to try to figure out how to develop a pipeline they completely changed their thoughts around what that pipeline needs to look like. Normally insurance hires baccalaureate only prepared individuals and then they take them out of any discipline and then they spend a lot of money Um, educating them about the insurance industry. Now that we're building programs specifically for them, they can take people from an associate degree space because now they have training very specific to the insurance sector. They can look at certificate programs um, now to help put people in that entry-level workforce. And, you know, insurance is a great career path. It's It's got a lot of st- stability. It's got a lot of career growth for individuals. And so it's, you know, it's opening up a new world to parents um, and students of all ages about what that career ladder can look like. And in manufacturing spaces, manufacturers have long been doing Lots of things locally, small things. You know, three manufacturers here, ten over there, um, and in that space, uh, Jobs Ohio and Department of Higher Ed, uh, Lyft with it, which is a Lightweight Innovations for Tomorrow initiative around uh, lightweighting metals, um, have been, uh, and Ohio TechNet, which is a group of colleges focused on the manufacturing space we've all gotten together and are looking at you know what do we do about getting people interested in manufacturing careers that's another career path like insurance parents don't know much about students don't know a lot about and what they know maybe isn't always the right perception of that um, industry. And so we have a, a committee of manufacturers across the state of Ohio that have just put out an RFP for a marketing firm to replicate what insurance did. Uh, Paul Worth was actually uh, the agency that has been leading the marketing initiative for insurance. They've built a web portal, um, marketing campaigns targeted at various types of job seekers. Uh, manufacturing now wants to replicate something like that to try to uplift the image of manufacturing and drive people into the manufacturing trades. So you see businesses all over the place who are saying, you know, I can't afford anymore to do this on my own. One, it costs me a tremendous amount of money, both in time. In um, actual finances, I need to partner with others. Even though we're competitors, at the end of the day, we've gotta to get together in one room as businesses and help the community build that pipeline for us. Um, and so I think that um, dynamic is just really, um, Central Ohio is a great bed for that for some reason. I'm not sure what, what creates it, but there's a lot of cross synergy across company leaders here who, who do put aside that competitive uh, uh, dynamic and really try to get together to come up with plans around the talent pipeline.
0: Now, Archie, let's take that <clears throat> one step further to young people. Okay. Um, in vocational training, career pathways through apprenticeships, et cetera, uh, what's, what's the future look like in, in that arena for for our youth? Uh, the future's, well,
5: one, the, it's very important that uh, must be of a commitment to develop our young Uh, people, young adults who are employable to be uh, financially self-sufficient. I think that's first and foremost. But the focus is on high growth and in demand sectors and sharing young adults uh, with what positions are open and equipping them with the necessary skill sets they need to obtain those jobs. Uh, Again, by preparing young people for jobs that are available, we can create pathways for promotion. Uh, Connecting the dots between school and work is essential element for creating a career pathway, and that's why we're seeing a return in vocational training uh, within the schools and apprenticeships in the past. Uh, The OMJ CFC programs are designed uh, to identify career pathways for advancement for job seekers while creating a ready pool of qualified candidates for employers. Uh, For example, uh, we had a young man, D'Angelo Cook, at the age 18 had a six month old child pregnant girlfriend and another baby on the way. In addition to his struggles associated with parenthood, D'Angelo and his girlfriend found themselves homeless and out of options, out of money and nowhere to turn. Uh, D'Angelo enrolled in our SOAR Hire program. His life began to drastically improve. His internship at Precision Applied Codings, PACE allowed him to the opportunity to work with his hands and learn valuable work and life skills. D'Angelo's supervisor spoke extremely highly of him, stating that D'Angelo was one of the best workers he had. As the money became more available, D'Angelo and his girlfriend were able to partner with Red Cross and obtain an apartment. His work ethic, determination, and his ability to stand out despite life's challenges made D'Angelo cook a true success story. So it's very important that we have an opportunity for young youth, whether they're Educated or not, and provide opportunities for them to learn and have a skill set. That because there's a lot of lower level skill sets and higher level skill sets that are needed
4: uh, within our workforce environment. And,
0: and Mark, what what jobs do you encourage people to pursue?
4: Well, you know, I, I don't want to go back to my the 210 in demand occupations because certainly that's where we are focused um, as a state and what we are trying to do. I think what's important to understand about that for you know, the readers and the listeners, um, there's been a lot of great little programs that are in Licking or here that are all across the state that are really trying to identify these needs in this. You know, how is everyone going to find these things? You know, I mean, That always becomes the main question. And uh, one of the things, you know, from an OhioMeansJobs.com perspective is, you know, we bring all that sort of data and things together for those individuals. So you know, if you go to OhioMeansJobs and you take an assessment, the results come back and say based upon your results here are the in-demand occupations you've been mapped to not about jobs that are not here in Ohio because we we don't want people to leave Ohio we want them to stay and find a career here you know so they can go on and the the skills-based hiring you can search by your skills-based on Ohio means jobs you don't have to say oh, I'm looking to be a welder you can search on you know a, a teamwork score or an education score and all those things and be able to find those jobs and I think what becomes important to understand is we have every, those in demand occupations, you can go search by your educational background. There are opportunities if you just have a high school degree, if you have less than a high school, if you have a bachelor's or you just have a certificate or you got a master's, all of 210 span all across the educational spectrum. It's not just you have to have this educational level. You can search by um, all the levels that are there. You can search by what pays the most. If money is the most important factor in your search, we we break out those 210 that way we break them by region we break it out um also by which ones have the most openings and and all that that allows someone on their own to go figure out who they are and what means more to them because we want them to understand their own skills and interests, find out what maps to them and what those those occupations are because there's not one specific job I, i don't know if any of us in this room Came out of high school and said oh boy I can't mm-hmm. wait to be sitting 30 years later in front of a microphone talking about jobs <laughs> I don't think that was what I thought when I was leaving my senior year in high school speak to uh, yourself Mark yeah <laughs> and uh, so you know I think all of us you know became what we found our interest to be in that and so I think for everyone that's you know going to listen and read about this is really to find out you know you've got to take some initiative to take an assessment to figure out who you are figure out where did that map to, what are those occupations that map to that. It may be an industry. We have a whole K-12 portal, part of Ohio Means Jobs, that's throughout the state now um, and I, I think over a thousand school districts and that that are utilizing this, where kids can go on, take assessments, and those assessments come back and say, did you know your skills and interests map to these industries? Not a specific sort of occupation, but an industry and then they can learn more about that industry. They can say, oh, it's insurance, and now they can find out partnerships that we link them to the insurance that Cheryl talked about. You know, their portals, where they're really striving to really dive down into that insurance industry. We want kids to be able to find that information and get there as quickly as they can as a partner. But they can learn about that industry from Ohio Means Jobs, Then they can say, okay, what what occupations are in the insurance industry? We tell them the in-demand, and then they can learn more, and from that, Guess what? From that finding it, they can go find what schools in Ohio will train them for that particular occupation Mm -hmm. and what career path, what are the career pathways. All of that is in one place in Ohio Means Jobs for that student, that adult, whoever is trying to change careers. All these projects and and information is sort of in one place. But again, I think it just goes back to, you know, there are 210 that we're focused on in, in Ohio. And, you know, I think they span across from every industry to every educational level. So it is really about that individual finding what really attracts them and what they can see as pursuing. Because all that information is there. If it's money, if it's growth, it's this, the career pathway of where they want to get, they can all find it on Ohio Means Jobs.
3: I think Mark, you know, is bringing up a good point. I mean, the internet's a great thing, and then it's not a great thing (laughs) because there's a lot of very diverse and accurate and inaccurate information and so you know I know that uh, this administration Governor Kasich's office and the Office of Workforce Transformation have been really focused with jobs and family services on we need a one place for students and parents to go and when I say students I mean 18 to you know 52 um, to look at labor market information related to Ohio that's realistic you know I I hear businesses complain all the time that if I wish people would quit referring people to salary.com for example because the salaries there are not Ohio salaries they're not reflective of of what goes on in our economy and so you know people come in with really unrealistic expectations but the worst part about that is they paid for education based on an unrealistic expectation of what they could make and so when you look at student debt you know that's a concern, and so Ohio Means Jobs has very accurate labor market information related to what does Ohio look like? What does the central Ohio look like? What are the jobs? Where are things growing? You know, I know with even with my own son, he he came to me and, and talked about an occupation, and I can't quite remember what it was now, on nuclear medicine, and he was looking at a course um, to go take that. And I said, you know, I don't know anything about that occupation, so go on Ohio Means Jobs and tell me how many jobs are even in Ohio in that space. And he does that, and he comes back, and he said, "Um, one and I said, "Yeah, no, we're not spending. <laughs> we <laughs> we are to not hire putting you. Somebody yeah. <laughs>
5: they might as well. That
3: is not a cushion for mom to spend money on an education. Sorry, um, but really, it was informative for him to be able to see that. Oh, wow, this really is a like a very emerging field, and probably not even going to be that big by the time I graduate. So." I think, you know, having a place where you have that data, where you have career pathways, I mean, a lot of work um, has gone into high means jobs. And I think when you think about it from an economic development perspective, what a powerful thing it would be if we could say every student's resume is in this system. Mm-hmm. Um, every job in Ohio is in this system and I think that's a, a marketplace economy that we really uh, overlook when we're doing our planning in the state I think we've got to begin to focus on having that one marketplace for jobs and connecting job seekers and businesses
5: can I just <clears throat> add another thing with sure one one thing I'd like to say I've been around co for about four years on the board and what I've seen uh, over the four years, especially from Governor Kasich's office, is a commitment to have one streamlined process for everybody. Mm-hmm. So, first was the Met uh, Blaine Walter came out to COIC prior to it being Ohio Means Jobs Franklin County and just talked about next steps and where we're going. We have a monthly call with the workforce development, the governor's workforce development board, all the whips around the state. So, we're all pulling in the same direction now. So, it's, you know, you have Ohio means job, Franklin County, Montgomery mm-hmm. County, whatever that might be. And that's made a huge difference when individuals are looking for opportunities to learn or job training because it, it seems like we're all pulling in the same direction today. And that's been huge. So, definitely the governor's office has really pulled a lot of organizations being within different counties together to make sure we're all pulling in the same direction. So I just want to make that. No, up. that's
0: a great point. And so this is about workforce gap. So how, how do we bridge that gap between all the great work that's being done and those 20,000 or so opportunity youth that are still out of work? Uh, to bridge it, uh, again, it goes back to education and training
5: and then aligning with those employers. Uh, at the end of the day, the employers have the need. You, you have to be able to have the employers identify the needs in a forecast. And it it can't be when we need the individuals, whether it be a new organization coming into town or organizations that are already here. With Bill making mention that 80% of all the growth has come from organizations that are currently in place today. I think that's where we've missed the boat sometimes. We focus a lot, uh, for example, at Columbus 2020 and looking at organizations that are coming in town. Versus forgetting who's already here, and I think it's a it's a combination of both. So I think it's very key that we align ourselves with the organizations who are growing that are already here in Ohio, coupled with the organizations that are coming. In. Mm-hmm.
0: And, and Cheryl, you mentioned other state structures that, that we're benchmarking. What are you seeing in other states um, about you know what they're doing, best practices compared to Ohio?
3: So from a best practice perspective, um, they're really customizing and tailoring things to that business's needs. So um, they're having one person who works with that business on a strategy, and then that one person has really done an asset map, if you will, of, of how that state could meet that need and what resources. But what we are seeing in other states is they have an uneven education and workforce delivery system. So they're tending to build structures um, outside of those systems in order to meet that need. And we don't really think we need to do that in Ohio. I mean, education is... Uh, on the K through 12 and post-secondary side, uh, one of the biggest line items in our state budget, we have the workforce investment system in Ohio. That you know, you know, both uh, Mark and Archie have talked about, um, you know, their strategies and what they've been doing in that space, and and so we believe that in Ohio we can have this talent acquisition strategy similar to other states where we're very focused. We work with that company to customize it. Um, But we use the system to make that delivery. And in order to to really make that work, it really has to be at the regional level. So for example, Columbus 2020 will have uh, a person that they are in the process of of, uh, searching for, which will fill a regional talent manager role at Columbus 2020. And then that person would be asset mapping the region, working and partnering with all the resources in the education and workforce space to make that delivery occur in the state of Ohio. So I think where we'll be ahead of the game, because other states are building these these, these competing structures, if you will, they're double spending their money. So they have their education structure, they have their workforce structure, and then they're building this this other entity in order to uh, achieve the goals of talent for their businesses. In Ohio, we're really gonna use that and then just fill in gaps. So as Mark talked about, as you looked at in-demand jobs and the supply, We would actually you know meet with schools and talk about what's creating the problem on the supply side is it that we need to market this career pathway to students so we need a better strategy uh, about how to do that is it that we need equipment you can only put out ten people because you're really equipment bound in that particular course Um, or degree area or is it instructors you can't find instructors you need dollars to get instructors certified in order to be able to teach at a certain level Um, so you know those are the the gaps that we believe we can fill in with this talent acquisition strategy
0: and and Bill, dovetailing on that there's there's many potential industries to dedicate job training resources to so what's the best way for workforce development agencies to um, prioritize where to focus
1: well there is no economy that can be all things to all people and uh, I write a bimonthly article on uh, some aspect of the Ohio economy and I always write that article from the standpoint not of what is the state's economy doing but what are the regions doing I've come up with 13 regions and that may be too few the thing that we have to understand when we're um, when when we're thinking about uh, developing talent in the state is that every region's economy is different every region's workforce needs are different and so in the central region we have a focus in logistics and distribution we have a focus in uh, uh, in IT in finance and insurance especially in insurance Uh, we have a focus in uh, uh, marketing and public relations and design uh, various industries like that somebody trying to fill jobs that are going to grow, that are going to be successful, that are going to offer opportunities for advancement uh, needs to think about what are the unique attributes and and, uh, economic and environmental characteristics of this region that are making the firms in certain industries successful. And that's what we really, really need to be focusing on. And so, uh, uh, Mark and Cheryl have a very tough job, and I'm I'm thrilled to see that it it really is drilling down to the regional level because that is the mm-hmm. only way to do it, and that and that's the genius of of Jobs Ohio, really. And
0: Archie, is that a, a focus for Coic? really looking at the regional needs and, and trying to direct investment and funding towards those regional needs? Yes, definitely.
5: So uh, co again, we're Ohio means jobs, Franklin County. <clears throat> so our focus is definitely on the Franklin County region. Um, and employer engagement, again, has to be more intentional and collaborative versus transactional. Uh, the focus needs to be strategic and meet the needs of both the job seekers and employers. Uh, per WIOA rules, uh, ideally, we need to represent employees within an industry sector. An example of that at uh, Coic, there are 30,000. We identified 30,000 IT jobs in the region, within a 30-mile radius of Coic. So, we developed a IT sector partnership <clears throat> per WIOA. Uh, it includes Coic staff, local educators, training providers, and economic development representatives to create a training initiative for IT professionals uh, needed to meet the demand of employers for IT jobs in this area. An advisory team of IT employers has created and assisted in the educating of the committee (coughs) on the IT sector and associated skills. The training needs entry, mid and upper level positions, selection of candidates, and participation in work readiness for employment. Uh, The COIC staff was able to immediately identify 100 people in our job seeker database with the skills from an entry level to higher degree uh, standpoint that can meet the needs quickly, but also working the advisory team for employers who identified and trained certification in our database would need to become ready for these positions. The result was promising uh, and will wrap up in April, but we already had 25% of the participants who have already been placed and considered for employment.
0: Great. And Vicky, uh, in your interactions with manufacturers specifically, what seems to be the greatest area of need, um, and and what are you doing to to fill those gaps?
2: Sure, you know, as a matter of fact, I'm I'm also going to react to a couple of the 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 words or, or a phrase that that Bill had mentioned. He was talking specifically about growth and advancement within these industries. And um, in response to to your question there, Nick, I I think one of the things that I hear most often um, in discussions with manufacturers specifically is the question comes up, how with such rapid change and increased consumer demands can we efficiently and effectively um, provide leadership training? Um, to those team members that, that we really are identifying and need to be promoted from the production line to a lead and then from a lead to a supervisor, then providing us the opportunity to, to fill those, those gaps, those openings then that, that are occurring. And to address that specific need we at, uh, at Central Ohio Technical College and through the, the Workforce Development Innovation Center have actually developed and then we further customize um, an eight-module leadership management development program that we're taking to our industry partners. It's called Developing Tomorrow's Leaders Today. And one of our um, first success stories, Nick, was was actually with a manufacturer in Hebron, Ohio, uh, by the name of THK. And, um, you know, we've since graduated a number of cohorts from that partner. And, and it's one of those programs that really has resonated. It has <coughs> has quickly caught on with other industry partners like Animatic, um, who has locations, you know, in, in both Newark and, and, and uh, nearby here in the New Albany Beauty Park and Hendrickson and, and Licking County, just to name a few. But through this particular program, what we address um, are... are are some of those, those basics, you know, temperament basics, leadership basics, interpersonal communication, generational differences, um, coaching for success, that that performance coaching that needs to come along with with those growth and and advancement opportunities, uh, conflict resolution, performance management, and, and lean basics. You know, that's something else that that we hear from from manufacturers is, um, in addition to so many of these other skills that we're looking for, if we could just have some individuals who have a familiarity with what does the floor look like, what does a production floor or line look and feel like, and what are, you know, those lean processes and principles, it's going to help us tremendously. And, um, you know... In, in, in responding to that too I, I should say that we've also began off, begun off offering a number of introductory um, lean six sigma workshops um, to introduce those, those tools those principles that lead to that that more proficient um, project management to those improved efficiencies you know the, in those day-to-day operations and and um, a positive impact on the bottom line and and this really introduces, um those concepts to either the 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 current the current or the curious um workforce you know introducing them to those lean Mm -hmm. concepts so those are those are a few uh, of the areas that that we've identified and some of the the things that we're hearing time and time again
0: And, and mark on on the employer side aside from the research and the data and the counseling, what
4: other services are
0: available through your organization?
4: Yeah, I mean, from an Ohio Means Jobs perspective, you know, one size doesn't fit all um, in that sense. And I think we need to be flexible and understand the employer's needs and how and where they are. Um, as Bill said, you know, there's a lot of growth just with the companies that are here. There are companies that are okay with just saying, I just need to be able to get a job posted and see what talent comes in. You know, that's sort of passive, I'm going to post it, see what happens. Well, Ohio Means Jobs offers free posting for employers here in Ohio to do that. Some employers want to be more aggressive in search. Well, we have over 2.2 million resumes. Um, you know, I, I should hire Cheryl to be my spokesperson. The great words she said about the centralization, <laughs> I wrote it all down. I was like, oh my God. <laughs> um, and uh, <laughs> that it is something that we are trying to do, that uh, this administration is trying to do. is you're starting to see a lot of programs that we're operating in this that have a mandate, and I get people get scared about mandates and things of that nature, about if you're going to be part of this program, you are mandated to have your resume on Ohio means jobs. At some point, we have got to start setting that tone and forget about, as Cheryl said, the insurance industry, these companies that compete against each other came together to solve a problem. You know, we can't start thinking every school here in Ohio that their students are just their students. They are students of Ohio and we've got to allow employers and people to see that and have access to that. You know, so if an employer is interested in looking for resumes and being able to search themselves and do that, they have HR staff to do those things, guess what? There's free access to 2.2 million resumes. Um, active on Ohio Means Jobs, we have companies that just don't know how to navigate the workforce system. They know, you know, you hear all these great programs, but they have no clue of where do I even call? Who do I go to? Um, we have a business support center on Ohio Means Jobs that literally an employer could come on and say, "I'm trying to hire a hundred people. We're just opening this business here. I'm trying to hire a hundred people." It's Ohio Means Jobs staff to figure out how do I reach out to. Um, Archie at Ohio means jobs Franklin County and say hey we have this employer just contacted us let's work together let's figure out what resources and things we can bring together or contact jobs Ohio we help them navigate those things it's not like Ohio means jobs has all the answers we're supposed to know about everything going on out there and be able to bring some of that data from a self-service perspective but also allow that employer that when they contact us of how do we reach back out Um, We also then refer them if they're looking for some customized training. You've heard Cheryl's program, Archie's program, you know, that we help them navigate those things and, and bring them to them and say, here's where you can sort of have these sort of things. And, again, supporting other workforce alliances as we hear them. You know, businesses coming together, as Cheryl said, like the insurance industry, now manufacturing, those are wonderful things that when they're taking their own sort of leadership effort around that where we can support them versus us trying to say, you should do this, having government sort of say you should do this is never usually a good concept <laughs> um, but when they come and that's what they want to do and then we can couple sort of our programs and assistance now we become a support role to those things and that's a great role for government to be in is a support role because that's what education and you, you've heard it through all these sort of conversations of bringing these things together it needs to be that glue that brings it together it's the chicken and egg is it the talent or is it the business you know I could argue both ways every time depending on who wants to talk, either way. But when all those things come together, it's all these programs that keep those things in that sort of, you know, circle to help make sure they're, they're doing what they need to do. So, you know, from a business perspective, Ohio Means Jobs will help them no matter how they want to proceed, and we can help them navigate all those things and the information is all there for them to sort of figure out where they are in their growth of their company and where what best fits their needs.
0: Great. Vicki, how does that connect to COTC?
2: Yeah, you know, I, I was just thinking about some of those, um, those, those industry and student relationships, and again, that exposure that is just so critical um, for for one to be exposed to the other. And I just jotted a note about a um, a strategic alliance partnership that we have have created with Boeing. And, you know, basically what this does is it places our students in co-op positions, um, providing them with, with that hands-on, real-life, uh, you know, training, w- uh, uh, placing them also in, in contract labor positions with Boeing. And so, what this really means, what, what this, this framework looks like, is that Boeing works with our students' school schedules. Um, Boeing meets the terms of our curriculum-based agreement that we have with industry partners. They then provide our students with a foot in the door of internationally recognized Boeing Corporation. Um, what an opportunity for students to, to have that, that kind of exposure and experience and to then be placed in a paid position. Um, you know, people like Boeing are, are are recognizing what our students and what the new emerging workforce can bring uh, to them. You know, I should uh, further note that. Um, you know, not all of our community partnerships are are in the manufacturing industry or engineering technologies. You know, as as Mark pointed out, we, we're looking at 210 in-demand occupations. That's uh, quite a bill to to fill. Um, for example, something else that we have done, we, we've just had to get innovative. We've had to get creative is what it comes down to. And we've recently customized a, a training program to meet the new state mandates as they relate to case management training. Um, you know so we are actually working with our local job and family services um agency delivering this programming and this training to to their caseworkers so We've also then taken our traditional human services um, curriculum to them, and we've actually created cohorts within the agencies, um, yes. developing the caseworkers that are that are working toward their human services degree, uh, helping them to become more credentialed, and then um, serving as as accountability partners one to the other. And then, you know, if you look at a framework like that, really, all it took was you know, whether you're looking at Boeing or, or Job and Family Services, all it took was them being flexible enough um, with, with the scheduling of the students and working around, you know, some of the, the hours on the job and then providing that them that empowerment that, that, that Mark, you know, had mentioned, empowering them to seek that additional training and then providing them what it is they need. Um, you know, it, it, it's really... I, I don't think there can be enough emphasis placed on that that connection that uh, or, or on that um, note that industry partners need to reach out to academic partners, academic you know educational institutions to find out what is in place now and, and or what can be created to fill this the, this emerging um, need. You know, we, you know, as I, I as I also uh, think about specific companies and industry partners and their feedback that we're receiving to these innovative approaches that that, that we're trying to roll out, I think the best compliment we receive probably comes in the form of an inquiry of an organization who comes to us and says, hey, we see what's working. We want what XYZ company has. And, um, you know, there's just no greater compliment or or form of flattery. And, and, you know, when uh, earlier you had mentioned about very specific um, business partnerships. So, you know, from screen machine industries, you know, just here in in, in Pataskala and THK, Animatic, Boeing, Worthington Industries, these folks are seeing it, they're recognizing it, and they are reaching out. Um, You know, also the the area hospitals, the job and family services agencies, um, banks like Park National Bank, Everyone in between, you know, I just have to say that we truly are valuing those industry partners who are coming to us and allowing us to come to them, um, and, and placing value on the commitment of those partnerships.
1: Great. I, I would argue that uh, that really is a mandate for all educational institutions and all uh, employers mm-hmm. uh, when when uh, a uh, manufacturer, say, Mm -hmm. is trying to hire people from a particular program and isn't finding the kind of skills that they want. They're not necessarily going to go to the educational institution and tell them, hey, you're not giving us what we need. They'll simply stop hiring from that program. Mm -hmm. And so it's up to the educational institution to open itself the way that COTC is doing, to approach the manufacturer and say, what do you need, help us design programs. But on the the other hand, the manufacturer has to be open to doing that, has to be open to taking the time out of running their organization to work with the educational (laughs) institution in the long run everybody benefits
3: Mm
0: -hmm. archie what's your perspective on that
5: Uh, that's kind of exactly how we're set up at colwick we actually have uh uh, counselors who go out and talk with organizations about their needs and when then they bring those needs back and design programs to specifically deliver job seekers who one are, are interested and two are trained or can be trained for those employers In some cases, we've trained up individuals for those employers. In some cases, in our database, we've had enough to provide right away. But it builds a a rapport, collaboration between that employer and the organization being Ohio Means Jobs. Uh, So moving forward, they may ask for two to five and the next they're looking for 10 and then it goes to 20. And again, we're looking for organizations that, that will allow a person to have the wage necessary to be able to survive and not just a a, a landscape job that's a seasonal. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. it's all about that that collaboration versus just being transactional when we're dealing with employers out in the field. And we've done a a great job in connecting and that's moving forward. That's how we're trying to engage. One other thing we're doing in with the WIOA changes, our board has changed and we no longer operate the one stop. So the one stop actually uh, executes but the The COIC, Ohio means job, board now is focused on strategy and fiscal agent. So with that, 60% of all board members have to be from business. So it's changed the focus. And then we structure everything around those industry partnerships and looking at things from a board perspective of how we can uh, better utilize our strengths in training and job seeking to deliver what's best for the businesses.
0: I want to go back to something we touched on earlier. And, and it's more cultural and, and societal, but you know we've been conditioned to think that uh, training in the skilled trades is inferior to a four-year degree. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's also a lot of evidence that the so-called uh, Gen Zers are concerned about graduating with a mountain of debt, mm-hmm. uh, and they're, they're, they're beginning to question the ROI. Um, so what are you seeing, Bill?
1: Well, that brings up a really important point from uh, a workforce thinker named Kevin Fleming, I ran into the other day. And uh, I, I, I really wanna emphasize this because it's so important. It's in a lot of ways not fair to compare the average wage for a skilled trade job to the average wage for a job requiring a degree. Uh, if you do that, it's not necessarily pretty. Um, The skilled trade average is usually well below the average salary for a job requiring a degree, but if you're better suited, say, to be uh, an electrician, then uh, you can excel in that field, you can grow your salary you have the potential of being outstanding in the skilled trade and you can make a whole lot more. The typical electrician in the Columbus MSA has a high school diploma, training and an apprenticeship and makes less than 45,000 a year. The typical general manager has a business degree and experience and makes 96,000. You think, oh my gosh, I need to go to business school. But, if you're an outstanding electrician, if that's truly your passion, you can make as much as sixty nine or seventy thousand dollars a year. On the other hand, if you're a mediocre manager, you might make only forty or forty five thousand, and you won't get the chance probably to be general manager of anything. Plus, if you really enjoy the work of being an electrician, if it fulfills you, if, if you feel accomplishment, you're going to be much happier than you would be piddling your time away in an office and being miserable.
3: You know, the skilled tra- trades question is an interesting one. When we brought the manufacturers together, one of the things that they disputed quickly um, uh, was the labor market data we have on salaries. So you have to remember there's a time lag. It's, it's mm-hmm. almost two years old by the mm-hmm. time you see data related to salaries. And um, because the analysis has to be done, it has to be collected, it has to be verified, you know, so all these things have to take place to ensure it's valid. But what the manufacturer said is you have to understand compression in the marketplace has created, we wish we were paying those salaries. <laughs> that is not what we're yeah. paying. Um, and so I think you really have to look again at the realities of your regional economy. And um, we, we just can't find people with these skill sets. We need these skill sets. That's never going to change. It's always been a backbone of, of the nation's economy. But we're even seeing this globally. You know, we're, we're talking with um, businesses that are from other countries. And, you know, uh, for example, the cracker facility that is looking at Belmont County. Uh, one of the things they brought up were chemical operators, machinists, maintenance technicians that they can't find them uh in uh the global marketplace and they're they're concerned about will they be able to find them here in the u s um and um, students are or or individuals are very unaware of what those career paths allow you if you're an entrepreneur. Uh, tendencies. You want to be your own boss. You want to be able to 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 make a lot of money based on what you have to offer. You're not often making it for a firm. You're making it for yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, and and having those skill sets gives you like lifetime employment opportunities. I will tell you, I have tried to find a drywaller, a plumber, <laughs> an electrician <laughs> to just do do things in my home. It's impossible. Um, because they're they're so involved in large projects, mm-hmm. they 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 can't um, focus on residential needs for for the private citizen um, because the marketplace on the construction side is needs them, uh, uh, manufacturing facilities need them. So I just think it's really a overlooked um, space that that got this negative uh, image along the way somewhere, and I'm not sure how that happened. I mean, I think we were a, a, a nation that. You know, I value the four year degree. Um, certainly, you know, that and above are needed in many of our occupations. But we have a tremendous need for people with um, industry recognized credentials that make tremendous wages. You know, Honda has a program that they're doing with Columbus State that they're now opening to four other colleges across the state of Ohio where you can come in and work for Honda. Uh, go to class two days a week, work at Honda three days a week, and become a an, uh, maintenance technician for them. And you make 50000 to start. Mm-hmm. You can go on and get a two-year engineering degree uh, or, or your additional two years to get your four-year engineering degree if you start in that pathway with them. Um, mm-hmm. And then you're using their tuition assistance to do that. You're not spending your money or mm-hmm. borrowing money. Um, and so I just think You know, we have got to uh, become a lot more realistic about how technology has impacted the skills trade space, Um, When you talk about maintenance technicians, I think everybody, you know, imagines someone walking around with a tool belt. They're actually Mm -hmm. using a computer Mm -hmm. to diagnose what's wrong with this multi-million dollar machinery. And I'm not saying they don't have to turn a wrench at some point, but they have to have such a broad skill set today. I just don't think people understand the vastness of the skilled trade space today.
1: And I think we're shooting ourselves in the foot in a major way, especially in this state by saying that uh, if you don't complete a four-year degree, you are somehow inferior. You're somehow second best. You've somehow failed. We've got to stop talking like that. Because the the need for these folks is going to continue to grow. And uh, if we don't fill this need, we are going to be in a world of hurt
3: you know there's not when you think about it from the job seeker perspective there's nothing harder than working with an individual who's maybe been dislocated who doesn't have that formal piece of paper that talks about their experience level but maybe they've made sixty five seventy five thousand dollars and they've just lost their job and because they don't have that paper they can't apply for today's jobs mm-hmm. um, so you know there's been a huge movement in ohio's education system uh, chancellor john kerry with the department of higher ed has been looking at uh, competency-based education. Um, So there is something in the state budget to talk about how can we look at an individual skill set and award credit based on what they're able to demonstrate mastery knowledge of. Um, So if I I was an electrician that learned from my father, um, how would we then be able to look at that person's skills and say they have mastered these 10 things, which means that equates to this certification? Um, uh, Indiana is doing this in a big way uh, with Western Governors University. Um, they have 60,000 people enrolled, 30,000 graduates, and right now they have about 1,300 Ohio, Ohioans who are taking that coursework. And so, you know, the state is, is looking at how does this competency-based strategy play into getting people uh, into jobs and getting them credentialed in a way that uh, employers recognize. Because while we can talk about all the certifications, we still tend to look at associate degree, bachelor's degree, master's degree when we go to hire people. And that's really narrowing the talent pool.
0: And Archie, when you when you survey uh, your employer partners, what are you hearing and how are you connecting to those kinds of trade skills? So going back to skilled trades, uh, one
5: thing we found and one thing that's, that's very important, I think, Young people need to be oriented earlier Mm -hmm. to understand if a skill trade is what you're looking at. It's very important for you to understand that just base requirements you need to pass. You can't have a criminal record. Mm
0: -hmm. You
5: need to be able to pass a drug test. Mm -hmm. If you're going into, you mentioned the financial services side, that type of training is great. But if you have bad credit, you can't get a job. And a lot of young people don't understand that. They've never been told, they've never been shown. So the earlier we can work with them, the better, because the pool gets larger. So then when we push that pool to those skill trades, they're real qualified pool. We have, with our skilled trades, our biggest challenge is just those base things mm-hmm. that they don't understand. And by the time they get there and they're, they're excited about the job, they can't meet the base criteria. So that orientation is key up front with, with youth and young adults to make sure if that's the direction you're going. Because an electrician who's working at Ohio State on a commercial job has to fill out his bonding requirements. And his bonding requirements specifically state you can't have a person working here that has XYZ. Right. And, uh, and a lot of young people just don't understand that. So they could be an electrician, a great electrician, but all they can do is uh, work on someone's basement or, or something basic. Nothing commercial, and that's usually where the larger salaries come from when you work with an organization that's doing a larger job.
1: There was an employer in southeastern Ohio who told me, I could hire 10 people today if I could find 10 people who could test clean. Yes, exactly. Can
0: you point to programs, new or old, uh, that are working?
5: uh, we, we have a program in place with Sora, Ohio, where we're doing that type of orientation up front, but it's a 18 to 24, so you, you have to be 18 to 24. Uh, there really needs, I, I cannot, to answer your question, I cannot point to programs who are spending time within the high schools and, and giving that orientation that's necessary for that future workforce, but that's kind of key.
4: It, that definitely needs to happen.
0: Okay, thank you. Mark, what are you think from where you sit?
4: Well, you know, I, I mean, all these things are, are huge issues um, on a social front and all that of, you know, um, being able to test clean and all that. I, I think that, you know, from an Ohio Means Jobs and what we're trying to do, we are trying to bring those financial literacy things to the K-12. Um, we continue to work with the Department of Education to expand Ohio Means Jobs, their K-12 portal, to have that type of information, to bring that in front of them. Um, so that they understand those things, but that becomes a, a real hard sort of sell to someone just reading that. I, I was shocked uh, the chancellor and I um, went around the state and, and talked to a career counselors from the university systems and, and I said, you know, what's lacking in Ohio means jobs? What, you know, in this? And, and I was shocked at the feedback I got, because mm. one of it was, you need to help these students understand how to clean up their social network. Yep. And I just sat there and I, I'm not on social network. So for me, it was extremely hard to understand. I'm like, what? You know, and it is, and then I see my kids, I started paying more attention, you know, they're Snapchatting, they're this constantly and all this stuff and <laughs> stupid pictures and all this stuff. And what they don't understand is, you know, we talk today about bad credit and criminal, you know, it, it, for their generation in some saying we almost need to add social network to that of watching what you do showing an employer you know how you won the wet teacher contest or this that whatever on out there for the world to see is not something that employer views as a wonderful thing as that's the talent or the caliber that I want to bring into my organization and, and so it becomes all of those things of how do we keep putting that information in front of someone where they will read it and want to understand it and understand the impact because it's not a PDF of, you know, a a 20-page document that someone's going to sit down and read. It's got to be very factual. It's got to be clean, concise, and, and make that message be heard. But it is something that we are all trying and struggling to figure out how do we impact those young adults to understand their future. You know, and, and we have adults that are in the same boat of trying to do this. It's not just the, the youth of today. It, it's also adults that have uh, gone down, you know, that that path. And, and so trying to reach them and put that information in front of them, um, we're doing that. It's just whether or not, you know, again, as Cheryl even said, you know, the centralized one place to see it. We're hoping that's what we the message we at least keep saying from Mohammed's jobs and the governor's office uh, of here it is. Here's where you can go find it and you need to pay attention because the things we're saying is what we're hearing and and you need to really follow this.
0: Bill, what are the the long-term impacts on Ohio's economy if we do not address the
1: workforce gap? (laughs) I don't want to scare you all, maybe I do. Um, If we don't address this problem, if we don't find people to fill empty positions, then our companies, fail to achieve their potential. They're less efficient. uh, They're less profitable. uh, They are unable to compete with uh, their counterparts around the country and around the world. Uh, Households' uh, income fails to grow, Uh, neighborhoods decline, Uh, crime rises. And on and on and on, and this tremendous momentum that we've built up in the economic growth that we 've been enjoying over the last four or five years uh, sputters and dies um, it's it's critically critically important i've been warning for uh, probably a year now, I think I brought it up at uh, at my economic forecast in January, that uh, by the end of the year I'm I'm seeing 20,000 plus net new jobs in Central Ohio this year. If we if we can't fill those jobs, um, uh, we're we're in big trouble. And the unemployment rate is now um, in the low four range. Um, I. When I started looking at the Central Ohio economy in the late 1990s, we had uh, an unemployment rate around 2.6, 2.8 percent, and it was ugly. Um, and I I fear that we're getting back into that if economic growth continues. So. We absolutely have to be focused on this. We all do. We have to coordinate our efforts so that we're all rowing in the same direction. We're rowing in the same direction as economic development. And uh, we, we just really, really need to, to continue to get our act together around this.
0: So Archie, there's the opportunity. Uh, what, what are the bright spots? What, what are you seeing that's working that, that makes you optimistic?
5: Well, <clears throat> We see our placement as uh, definitely higher than normal. Um, We are looking at other pockets. We have um, Reclamation Academy. I mean, there's a lot of felons who are looking for work and there are opportunities for felons. Uh, Again, it requires that orientation and training. I think we're on our fourth or fifth class and usually 90% of the individuals who participate in Reclamation Academy are hired. And we align those individuals with organizations who will hire a felon. Uh, The program is for non—you have to have a non-violent felony. Um, Can't be anything that's violent, no assaults or anything like that. And then we basically replace uh, and deal with organizations that allow us to place felons. So that works. Uh, Our uh, youth—we have a, a ton of youth. Our soar hire program again we served like 1,300 kids last year. We'll probably serve 1,300 again this year. Uh, it gives them an opportunity to, to work for employers. And it's 18 to 24, so they are available to work after the program in the summer. We're seeing a lot more conversion in that area. Um, but again, it's still it's a big struggle. And I totally agree with you. There's a, a lot of work out there. And that's a, it's a double-edged sword. That's what you asked for. So watch what you ask for. <laughs> so, so now collectively we just need to come together and figure out how to solve the problem.
3: You know, I think I'm the most optimistic I've ever been. I've been in this space over 25 years now on the workforce side and talent acquisition side. And, uh, you know, I've never seen the state so coordinated. The agencies at the state level meet uh, with the governor's office of workforce transformation. So, jobs and families, Department of Job and Family Services. You have the Department of Higher Ed. You have the Department of Education, Health and Human Services. I mean, there's now a real sense that we're doing a lot of good things. But there, to Mark's earlier point, it's a little program here, it's a little program there. And I think what the state has been doing now is creating cross-agency strategies. So if we're all going to do something in this workforce space, how do we build on each other um, with, with one or two really confirmed strategies of how to service both business growth so that we have talent prepared for businesses, but then also how do we help people find truly sustainable career paths. Um, that raise per capita income in the state, which makes everything better, um, Mm -hmm. you know, and really impacts the economy. I think, you know, I think back to when we did a project, Bill and I, when we were at the Columbus Chamber with the four health system Mm -hmm. CEOs who were looking at talent issues um, across a number of healthcare occupations. And we had met with our Congress representatives and were asking them to help us with some funding. The businesses had put money in, they'd gotten some local foundation support from the Osteopathic Heritage Foundation, but we were still short some dollars to really do some major um, educational impacts to create that pipeline. And during the conversation, the Congress folks pointed out, look, you know, we love healthcare, but we've got requests for you for building Uh, facilities, we've got requests for you to help with money to conduct research, and we've got requests from you for equipment, and now you're adding talent. So you help us prioritize. You're the leaders of your organizations. You tell us how do we prioritize all those asks. And the CEO at the time at Mount Carmel said something I've I've never forgotten. He said, you know, uh, all those things are important to serve a community, but if we do not have people in those facilities, to provide the service. If we don't have people behind that equipment conducting the diagnostics, if we don't have people doing the research, none of it happens. And so at the end of the day, the talent equation impacts it all. Um, and it, it has to be addressed at a very high level. And I've never forgotten, you know, how they rationalized what was the biggest priority for them.
0: Vicky.
2: Yeah, you know, I, I, I really share uh, Cheryl's optimism and, and you know I am I, sitting here thinking that I, I think we're hearing a couple of common themes number one I think there's one thing that's keeping all of us up at night and you know that is the contemplation of how do we reach the masses how do we reach the general public the the students and their parents to heighten awareness to share this message that that, that we're sharing around this table that those technology-driven careers, those in-demand occupations, the the skilled trades—they're not a thing of the past. Um, you know, rather they are the way for a stronger, better, more sustainable future for so many individuals. Who, again, as as Bill pointed out, may have that that acumen, that that skilled acumen, those those passions. Um, number two, um, you know, we we've been speaking here over the past few minutes about coordinated efforts and. You know, those conversations conversations like this that we're having this morning, I mean, these are just absolutely critical. Um, And even more critical, I think, is the action that we're taking collaboratively to to move forward. And, you know, I I can speak, of course, on behalf of Central Ohio Technical College and our workforce development program specifically in saying, you know, in, in answering the question, what are we doing? How are we reacting to this? How are we responding? And that is you know we're, we're trying to fill those voids by, by creating opportunity by actively recruiting um, and by continually I, I think trying to keep our finger on the pulse of of the needs in in, in throughout the state and, and specifically throughout central Ohio and beyond, and of course, that's why we value opportunities like this to to, to really um, to mastermind. I think with, with folks like you who are just as engaged um, to develop stronger alliances to, to create those, those strategically reciprocal relationships and to bridge those gaps that, you know, that, that, that have been identified.
0: Mark, what about awareness in, in Ohio?
4: Well, you know I, I mean I think Cheryl almost said it best in the sense that it, it really comes down to the focus of the Governor's Office of Workforce Transformation really trying to bridge all this and bring it all together. I mean, clearly there is a a huge focus in the sense of Ohio Means Jobs being that central portal for the state. Um, I've spoken many times uh, in D.C. because we got a grant to build Ohio Means Jobs. Um, And they're fascinated with the fact of, you know, every time a state wins a grant, there's always this sustainability. You know, yeah, we gave you money, but what we see, someone gets money, they do it for two or three years, and after the money runs out, the program's gone, you know. And what's been interesting for us is that uh, we got the grant money, we built Ohio Means Jobs, we've done this, and we are now, as I sort of put it, we are in seven state agencies and 14 programs that we're delivering. We're a service delivery arm for their program. And those agencies are actually giving me money at Ohio Means Jobs to do their service delivery and to continue funding the system. And what that really says is what Cheryl says that we're finally all coming together and saying, oh, you know. Bureau of Workers' Comp, we're trying to get individuals that have, you know, need to find a new occupation for what they have, you know, that, they're, that they've been injured on or what, but they still want to work and they want to find something else. How do we do that? They're coming to us and saying, help me solve this problem, not creating their own new, what do we do at Bureau of Workers' Comp to do this. They're connecting with us. We're helping them do that. That now sends that message you think of our k12 we're starting to reach out to the youth and to the parents and the guidance counselors we're now working with the Chancellor for a higher ed portal where we already have the veterans and we're doing that we've reached out we're working with the disability community so you know from that it's not necessarily Ohio Means jobs trying to you know project what we are and, and you know and all those things. It is really then those niche you know the disability community is hearing about Ohio means jobs the veterans are hearing about it the schools Everywhere those things are happening, and at some point, this groundswell, it's starting to happen. I mean, I, I um, don't want to misquote my own numbers here. <laughs> but, um, you know, Last year, I think we had 70-some million job searches on Ohio Means Jobs, and it's been growing. This past year, we had 90 million. You know, and, and what it says is that's getting out. We have more employers posting jobs on Ohio Means Jobs than we've ever had. We have more you know, people searching resumes than we've ever had. We've had more unique users, you know, we almost doubled our unique users that are using it than we've ever had. Um, and, and so those are numbers that say that message is getting out. That doesn't mean that we're done, doesn't mean we haven't figured it all out and all those things, but what it says is the message is getting out of here's the place where you as an employer can find the talent, you can do it in your own sort of self-service in this or you can reach out and find those things and that information is there. So. I I think it becomes that that focus that we have had in the governor's office of really trying to say how do we start bringing this all together? If it smells and tastes and looks like workforce, Ohio means jobs, and what agencies and those things have to come together for that. You know, whether it's the branding of the, you know, the OMJ centers, you know, now those names are out there. Everyone starts to understand. You know, do we get some confusion every so often? Is it the center or the system? Sure but you know what it's the same name we're having that if I'm having that conversation versus trying to explain how Archie and I are tied together and our services work together I'd rather have that you know is at the center of the system than I am trying to explain the differences in what we are um, so those things are starting to get out and, and I think again you know those are going to be the important things for our future is going to be that that employer that individual If we're going to bridge that gap they all got to know there's sort of one place that's going to help them do that and as we continue working with schools and everyone to understand that and understanding it's for Ohio, it's not for a particular school, it's not for a particular employer, um, that they all need to come together and, and we've seen some great things happen over the last year with that.
0: We're going to wrap up with uh, one last question for everyone to start with Bill. Our biggest opportunity in the near term.
1: Our biggest opportunity in the near term. Hmm. Um, I think it's riding the wave of this coordination, this far greater um, focus on workforce than we've seen before. I think that uh, there's an opportunity to engage particularly younger people and help them understand how they can truly uh, find their niche, how they can truly identify their passion, and uh, uh, get themselves into a career to excel. That's that's what I'm very hopeful for. What I'm very optimistic about for our, our region. We're gonna have five thousand, five hundred thousand more people here by 2050, and uh, uh, we'll be uh, very busy finding jobs for them. <laughs> Vicky,
2: I, I really think the greatest opportunity comes down to to what we hit upon earlier, and that's recognizing and embracing and, and again just bridging industry with with academics education and workforce identifying those needs um, it may be piece by piece um, but again just just recognizing and embracing those opportunities and opening ourselves whether we be students whether we be uh, industry whether we be employers whether we be higher education and innovatively creating the, those relationships and um, you know, I, again, on behalf of COTC, I can speak very, very specifically to our mission that, you know, in meeting the technical education and training needs of, of employers and students in the area, um, it, it really is more than a mission for us. It's our purpose. It's our passion. And, um, and I think it's an opportunity that, that um, others can explore and, and, and enjoy the journey with us.
5: Great. Archie? I think our greatest opportunity, one, I'm happy to be Ohio owner. Uh, yes, not just because of what's happening here today, just what I've seen the last four years. I go back to a statement I made earlier, what the governor's office is doing as far as bringing everyone together and collaborating. I mean, that's incredible over the last four years what I've seen. A lot of us were just swimming in different seas and mm-hmm. rolling in other ways. We're all going the same path. Uh, you can see by the metrics that uh, it's actually delivering the results that were expected. Uh, with business, job seekers, and education is key. Um, we're sitting down having tough conversations, but now the conversations are starting to turn to results. And that Ohio means jobs, I don't know who thought up that name, but it's not a state name, it's, it's an Ohio name. And, and it really means something to everybody that just the three words, Ohio means jobs. And so I think that's our greatest opportunity to take that brand and spread it out through Ohio. Great. Cheryl?
3: you know and everybody said it in various forms but strategic collaboration Mm -hmm. I mean you know one of the hardest things I I think what's great is Central Ohio certainly has a ton of leaders great leaders Ohio has a ton of great leaders and I think the hardest thing in leadership is learning when to 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 pull back and and join with others Um, and so I think You know what we've seen certainly at the state level is uh, an understanding that you know we all had great agendas we all had good ideas but we were all leading siloed strategies and we are never gonna get anywhere. Resources continue to diminish um, at the federal level, at the state level, there just isn't the funding, there isn't the strength to do it. We're wearing our businesses out. We're not serving our communities the best we can when we continue with this siloed agenda. And I think the collaboration that we see both at the regional levels and at the state level. We've not seen it before in Ohio really, and I don't know, you know, I think certainly the governor's office has had that strategy from the beginning. We've got to figure out how we stop this one-off. How do we bring things to scale that really impact the state, um, both on the business community side as well as the as the individual side? And I think um, continuing to persevere, it's hard. It is really hard to create strategy across so many, uh, each region is different, to Bill's point, against so many agencies that are performance measured at the federal level or at the state level in different ways. Um, So how do you create strategy across that? And I think that's our biggest challenge, but I think we've really made great inroads and we just have to keep doing that. That's where I think success lies.
0: Mark, final words.
4: What everyone else just said. (laughs) I sat here going, you know, and I don't mean to digress, but I I thought of, you know, I got my name picked when my wife and I went on a cruise. My wife put my name in the damn fishbowl, and I got pulled out, and I, up on stage, 10, 12 people, and we had to start singing. You had to sing a song. And, And, like, I'm listening to the first, and I'm, like, the 12th person, and I'm, like, oh, damn, they did marry, Had a little <laughs> that was mine, and I'm like, I'm going to go with Jingle Bells. Oh, God, the third person to Jingle Bells, and like, they got to me, I'm like, kumbaya. I'm like, oh, my God, I didn't know what to say, and so it's like, I'm hearing all this, and it's like, not fair to go last again. Uh, but, uh, I, 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 so, you know, I yeah, guess I'm what I would annoyed. say, you know, what everyone said is just wonderful, but what I, I, you know, and this is more of a personal, not necessarily from the governor's office or, you know, a JFS, but, um, is what I think is fascinating that I have seen is with all this collaboration and all this stuff that we're we're starting to have this infrastructure we're starting to see and we're starting to to deal with some things and be able to do things what I think is going to be fascinating is is sort of Bill sort of said you know at some point now we're going to be able to reach people that we've never really reached or thought we would ever touch because as Cheryl said there's these performance metrics well if I want my performance metrics to be great I'm going to deal with a certain set of individuals that have education that didn't drop out. All these things, and yeah, there's programs for this, but we still try to stay in the space where we have a comfort level. Um, and, and I think what I'm starting to see is that comfort level is because we're starting to have these cross-agency conversations, and we feel comfortable that you know when I'm meeting with the the director of you know ODRC and rehab and corrections, and we're talking about how Ohio means jobs and how these individuals are coming out of the prisons, what we can do, and all. I mean, you know those didn't happen four or five years ago. Those are now like day-to-day conversations. And what I see as our biggest opportunity is we're now talking about a whole group of folks that we sort of always worried about up here, and now we're sort of saying we've got to deal with everything. And since we have the infrastructure, we have these partnerships, and we have all this, I think that's going to be our biggest opportunity going forward is this population that, in some sense, might have felt left behind, or this, that because we always worried about our metrics and other things. That we're now saying, hey, if we're going to fill this twenty thousand gap, we're going to need all hands on deck. You know, and all hands on deck means we've got to reach from A to Z, and and we're starting to do that because we feel comfortable. We have programs, we have communication, we have cloud, we have all these infrastructure things that we didn't have before. Because before we were worried about our individual silo things and how do we look good for what we were trying to do not necessarily for the state of Ohio but look good for our program and who we've got to send our reports to you know in some sense it's now what are we doing for Ohio we're all hands on deck and I think that's going to be our biggest opportunity is how we we embrace this all hands on deck to make sure we can meet those those needs in every region of bringing all those uh, that talent for those employers to keep our our growth and what we're doing
0: great well Mark Burnbrick of the Ohio Department of Jobs and Family Services Cheryl Hay, Jobs Ohio, Bill Lafayette of Regionomics, Vicky Maple, Central Ohio Technical College, and Archie Williamson Central Ohio Workforce Investment Program. Uh, thank you all for being here. You were tremendous panel.
1: Thank you. Thank you.